Welcome to your Calm Parenting Toolbox, the podcast for parents who want to get the most out of their kids and themselves. Here's your host, parenting coach, Heather Lindsay. Hello and welcome to this next episode of the Calm Parenting Toolbox podcast. My name is Heather and I'm here to bring you a very special episode, a topic that is on every parent's mind at various stages through their parenting journey and that is sleep. Sleep is the holy grail of parenting and anyone who has looked after children knows the hellish ordeal that comes from sleep deprivation or any lack of sleep. It is pure torture. Of my three children, my eldest has been my worst sleeper. And when she was young, particularly as a baby and into toddler years, uh, she'd be that 40-minute catnapper, 40-minute sleep cycle and waking numerous times throughout the night. She's just turned nine this year and only within the last year, six months to a year, has her sleep patterns actually settled down into some predictability of waking maybe once a night. My other two, my six-year-old has always been a good sleeper. Once she's asleep, she's asleep. My third, my son, who is three and a half, is only just starting to sleep through the night, literally in the last couple of weeks. So for the past nine and a half years, almost 10 if you include the time that I was pregnant, I have been disturbed so many times. I think I can count on two hands the number of times I've had a full night sleep. And the exhaustion that comes with that, any parent will understand. Your brain doesn't work, you snap, you feel cranky, you're frustrated, you can't concentrate, you feel overwhelmed and it really does take a lot of effort to manage that deprivation and those interrupted sleep nights without having it impact your day-to-day life and the way you are with your kids. Now we all know that sleep is important. It's a time of rest and rejuvenation for our body. It's the time when our brain is actually the most active. Our unconscious mind processes everything that's going on around us in our daily lives. You know, we need sleep to be healthy. We need sleep to be alive. We know that poor sleep contributes to poor mental health, including postnatal depression. And sleep disturbances can also be a reflection of certain mental health conditions, including depression, PND and anxiety. And a lack of sleep also affects our ability to parent. You know, when we're sleep deprived, we're exhausted. We're more likely to be in a bad mood. If we're in a bad mood, then our patience wears thin and we're more likely to yell at our kids. When we're yelling, our kids don't learn as well. They feel the emotion behind what we're yelling and miss out on the lesson that we're trying to teach them. And then, of course, not to mention the horrible mum guilt that comes when we realised we've yelled at our children. 
So we all know that we should be getting more sleep, but how do we actually do it? Because parenting is a 24-hour job, 365 days a year. And unless your children are being looked after by someone and perhaps not even in your house, you will have to attend to them. And that might be numerous times or it might only be once or twice. Because even if you have the best sleepers at one point of time, there will be days when they wake multiple times or that you just simply don't get quality sleep. So this week's episode, I want to help you with some really practical strategies to help you improve your quality of sleep. Looking at the quality of sleep of our children is a completely different different episode. It's a different focus and I'll talk about that in the following episode of this podcast which will come out in about a fortnight. But for today I want to talk about you because we have to look after ourselves in order to give to others and give to our children. We cannot parent from an empty cup and that includes sleep. So how do we manage this sleep deprivation and interrupted sleep, you know, when we're working almost on empty? And there are a couple of things that we can do really easy to improve that quality of sleep. The first thing is go to bed early. And it sounds simple, but we just have to go to bed a little earlier. Now, I often speak to mums and, you know, I've done it myself and we stay up late flicking TV or flicking on social media or perhaps we're catching up on the housework, we're cleaning, we're folding laundry or we're staying up that little bit later to spend time with our partner or our husband. And, you know, sometimes that time in the evening when all the kids have gone to bed, when the house is quiet, that this is the only time that mum has to herself. So if that's the only time you have to yourself, is it worth staying up that little bit later and feeling a little bit more tired the next day? Well, that decision is ultimately up to you and doing it once or twice a week is not going to be a massive impact. But if you're doing it every single night and going to bed 11, 11.30, midnight or even later than that, then you're going to be putting yourself in what's called a sleep debt. And with having young kids, it's really hard to catch up on that debt. So if we do want to stay up late and connect with our partner or catch up on the latest series that we've been watching on Netflix that we haven't had a chance to do, then it's really important that we do it and make it quality time. So we sit, we focus on what we're doing. You know, we watch the TV and be engaged in it, not flicking on our phone at the same time. If we want to be spending time with our partner or our husband, then make sure that that's quality time. Turn off the phones, turn off the TV and sit and talk, you know, sit at the dining table or in the lounge and really connect so that even though you have that limited time together, it's quality time. Because just like when I talk about one-on-one time with our kids, It's the same with our partner or husband, that it's quality over quantity. 
Now, if you're a mum who is staying up late to do the housework and chores and spending six and a half years as a single mum, that was certainly some of the only times I got to fold the laundry. I understand that that's sometimes the only time it can get done. But rather than leave it for something that you're doing the entire time before you go to bed, just set a time limit. So my recommendation is to do it straight away. As the saying goes, always eat the frog first. So as soon as the kids are asleep, you know, set the timer on your phone, 30 or 40 minutes and go as almost like a whirlwind through the house. Just do what you need to do. Fold the laundry, put the dirty clothes in the laundry basket, clean the bathroom counter, sweep the floor, whatever you need to be doing but do it for that limited amount of time and then stop when the timer goes off and then spend that time on you or connecting with your husband or partner or going into your bedtime routine. And the same thing happens when we're spending that time when our kids are asleep for self-care. And just like we talk about, you know, watching TV and being focused on the TV so you're enjoying it or having that quality time with um, your partner or husband. If you're a mum who stays up late to spend that time by herself for that self-care, make sure that you are doing something special and nice for yourself. You know, have that luxurious bath, do some exercise, meditate, yoga, journal. Make that time count so that it's filling your cup. Flicking through social media or Facebook or Instagram or just zoning out in front of the TV might seem like self-care, but a lot of the time it doesn't actually fill up our cup. So use the time in the evening before you go to bed. If you're staying up that little bit later to look after you, make sure that it counts. The second big thing we can do to help improve the quality of our sleep is to turn off our phone before bed. And I'm sure we've all heard about it. You know, we all know about the blue light that is emitted from screens. And what that does is it stimulates our brain. You know, it disrupts the output and the production of melatonin, which is that lovely hormone which is responsible for regulating our sleep and wake patterns. Now, most devices, laptops and phones, you can download filters for the screen that come on at night time and end up with a bit of a yellowish tinge compared to the blue, but they really aren't a replacement for simply turning it off. Another thing about turning the TV or our phones off is actually stopping our connection with the outside world and looking at the internal as an important. When we're constantly focused on what's happening outside of us, then we're worrying about what someone else is doing. We're comparing ourselves to what someone else put up on the dining room table for dinner. Or we're stressing over news and things that are happening within the country and within the world. And we, you know, we're thinking too much. We become anxious. We become worried and we can't shut our mind off. So turning the phone off, switching the TV off, not only decreases that blue light 
um, impact on our brain, but also helps calm our brain because we're not thinking about things outside of ourselves. The hour before bedtime is when we should be connecting with who we are. It's a time for journaling, meditation, stillness and being calm. You know, if we're being stimulated by the latest argumentative thread on Facebook or drama on TV, then we can't relax into sleep. And when we don't relax into sleep, we don't get that lovely quality of sleep where we feel refreshed and energized the next morning. Now, when our kids are young, we all know how easy it is to become obsessive about the correct sleeping environment for our children. Of course, we follow the SIDS guidelines for a safe sleep environment. You know, we might buy room temperature thermometers, special sleeping bags, discuss on mother group pages about whether we're dressing our babies so that they're not too hot or too cold. You know, we install heaters or air conditioning, all of this to make sure that our kids sleep well so we can get those precious hours of sleep in those early stages. The same guidelines apply to us. Clean sheets, comfortable PJs can go a long way to helping our sleep. Don't have the room too hot or cold. 18 degrees Celsius is the recommended temperature for children and for adults. Have appropriate bedding for the temperature, extra blankets if you need to be able to pull them on or light cotton sheets in those hot Australian summers. You know, everything that we do for our child at bedtime, especially when they're young and we've got such a high focus on the quality of their sleep, we need to be doing to ourselves. We are an equal priority. Our kids' sleep is a priority and our sleep is a priority too. And you can always read yourself a bedtime story if you would like. Now, the fourth thing I want to mention, and yes, this could be a bit of a shock horror for a couple of you, I'm going to ask you to decrease the amount of caffeine that you're drinking. You can cut it all out completely, but we all know sometimes in the morning we desperately need that cup of coffee. But one of the best things we can do for our sleep is to stop consuming caffeine. The thing is that caffeine actually stays in our blood and in our body for a long period of time. And it's around about 10 hours. So that 3 p.m. chocolate snack or cup of tea that you're having, the caffeine that's in that will still be circulating in your body when you're trying to go to sleep at 9, 10 o'clock at night. Caffeine is a stimulant and it causes the body to produce adrenaline and this is the lovely hormone that kicks us into gear and gets us doing things and it's certainly wonderful in the morning if we haven't had a good night's sleep. However, it isn't good to have floating around in our system if we're trying to relax and get a good night's sleep. So we need to avoid it as much as possible and then we'll be able to fall asleep faster and get a quality sleep. So what do we do if we're a person that really desperately needs coffee, particularly in the morning? Well, have that morning cup of coffee. I do. It's one of the first things I do during my day, uh, but it's the only cup I actually have. 
but there are also other things that we can do to help wake us up in the morning. So getting outside and getting in the fresh air and feeling some sunlight in on our face and in our eyes, not looking directly in the sun, of course, all helps us wake up. You know, that sunlight hitting the back of our eyes and on our retina actually tells our body to stop producing the melatonin that makes us sleep. And fresh air is always helpful to wake us up and put us in a better mood. And bad moods come with being tired. Another wonderful thing that we can do to help improve the quality of sleep is to do some exercise. Now, I know you might think, oh, I don't have any time for it, particularly if you have young children. Um, And the thought that fitting it into a busy day is next to impossible. But if we look at our days objectively without guilt and think, well, I'm actually wasting quite a bit of time flicking through Facebook. Did you know that the average mum checks social media in her phone up to 150 times a day? If we spent some of that time doing some exercise at home, you don't have to be going to the gym. Go for a walk. Do a yoga video from YouTube, some aerobic exercise videos as well. There's all the HIIT exercises and workout routines available. You can do them at home. You can do them when you have young kids. You don't need weights. You don't need fancy equipment. You don't even need the fancy gear. There are an endless number of solutions that don't require you even leaving your house. You just have to try and find the time. And if you want to put improving your sleep as a priority because you know the benefits it has for you and the flow on effects to your kids, then you will be more likely to find 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes a day to carve out some time to get your body moving. So everything that I've mentioned has looked directly at our sleep. But there's one other thing that I want to talk about, and it's actually how we act in response to being tired. Because with parenting being a 24-7, 365 day a year job, there are days that you are guaranteed to be tired. And it's really important how we act on those days, in those mornings after we've had a really hard sleep that will help us adjust to it and the thing we need to do is to stop talking about it and to stop complaining about it if we go through with our days constantly mentioning the number of times that we were woken up or the number of times we've been staring at the clock lying there thinking why won't I just go to sleep then all we do is focus on it And the more we focus on it, the more we draw our conscious attention to it, the more we experience it and we will feel more tired. So just think about when you were pregnant, you were just about ready to give birth or you were just trying to get pregnant. Suddenly you started noticing all the pregnant women everywhere or all the newborn babies. It was as if there was a sudden pregnancy baby boom. Was there? No, probably not. Instead, your mind was just highlighting to you what you were actually consciously focusing on in that time of your life. 
So the same applies for sleep. If you talk about it all the time, if you focus on your lack of it, then you will feel more tired. You'll feel the exhaustion and the sleepiness at a heightened state. And you'll even feel more frustrated at your child who kept you up. You won't be focusing on the joy that you can get out of the day because you'll be watching the clock, counting down the hours until your child goes for a nap, goes to bed and you can finally lie down. Now, of course, it's important to share our journey with our friends and, you know, saying, oh, I'm tired. I had a really bad night's sleep last night is okay. And you can say that to your husband, your partner, your friend, your mum, or even a really quick, oh, I feel awful in the morning. Mention it and then move on and focus with the rest of the day and focus on things that do make you energized. Eat healthy food, do the exercise, get outside in the fresh air, you know, feel the sun on your face if you can. Focus on the good, focus on when you do feel good in your body and that's what you will experience more. Now a little bit of perspective also goes a long way. And the saying that this too shall pass, I have a really love-hate relationship with because yes, this too shall pass. The early days when our kids are young, you know, and they're waking all the time will pass. And my eldest is proof of that. If you had said to me when she was a toddler and waking continuously, I was having to co-sleep in order just to keep my sanity um, and she would be waking and she would be tired and cranky and I would be tired and cranky. If you said to me back then that in seven years, when she was nine years old, that she would be sleeping through the night more often than not, I think I would have laughed in your face but it does pass. It might pass now, it might pass quickly, it might pass in nine years time. And keeping some perspective about the fact that this is a journey that you are going on with your child. It's a sleep journey for them, learning how to sleep, learning how to feel safe at nighttime and get quality sleep themselves. And it's as much a journey for us about how to manage quality sleep when we are regularly and frequently disrupted. But of course, the off side of this saying is that it does dismiss how hard it is when we are sleep deprived, because it really is. And I don't want to come across as saying, oh, we'll just put up with it. You know, it's just part of parcel of being a parent, because while it is, it is awful to experience. We all know once we've become a parent why sleep deprivation is used as a form of torture because it really is awful and it can contribute to mental health decline in mothers and it is something we need to focus on. So doing the things that I've mentioned in this episode, you know, really will help you improve that quality of sleep. Try and ride it with a wave. Don't resist it. Support yourself with choices in your own life that maximize the quality sleep you can get. Always quality over quantity. Look after yourself physically and emotionally. Change the attitude you have towards being tired and you will reap the benefits and in turn, so will your kids. 
if you are doing all of these things and you're trying to maximize the quality sleep that you're getting and you're still not getting there and your child is sleeping pretty well most of the time there could be something going on so if you do have chronic sleep problems and nothing else seems to be working and all of these techniques which are called sleep hygiene aren't having the desired impact then it's really important to go and pop off to your GP and have a talk to them about different options. Now I'm not one to advocate for sleeping tablets as a first off but there are lots of different things that can impact sleep and they can be herbal and vitamin remedies um, and some medications as I mentioned before, poor sleep can also be an indicator of mental health. So go and have, you know, how you're feeling checked out. Never take anything, um, any medications and vitamins or supplements, specifically if you're pregnant or breastfeeding without talking to your doctor, uh, your obstetrician or um, a health practitioner first. The strategies in this episode do work. They're really the first point of call when you're having sleep problems. I hope that you can use the strategies that I've mentioned in this episode to improve the quality of your sleep. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to share it within your mum networks. I'm sure there's a mum out there struggling with sleep who might not know that these are options for her. So share it and you might help someone else in their own parenting journey. As always, please subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you have accessed it. I love bringing these episodes to you. And if you ever have a topic that you would like to suggest, please don't hesitate to email me at heather at blissedoutmums.com.au or simply come over and join me on Facebook. Just search Blissed Out Mums. Okay, I will say farewell for this episode and next week we're going to look at the other side of sleep and we're going to look at strategies that you can do to help improve your child's sleep. So you look at you, you look at your child and then hopefully with all of these together, everyone in the family gets more sleep, everyone's happier and you can spend that quality family time together. Okay, sleep tight. Happy parenting and I will speak to you in the next episode. Bye for now.